Hey, how's it going? Tommy Taylor here. And I'm Desnica, and welcome to the Marriage 2.0 podcast. couple that went through just about everything bad someone can go through in marriage quadruple times over and came out more in love than ever and using our story to inspire and give hope to the world. Since we've come out of our version of hell on earth, we have built a global marriage coaching business mentoring hundreds of couples and individuals all around the world. We've helped them fix issues like affair recovery, communication, intimacy issues, addictions, and all forms of abuse when no one else could. We've gone through all of these things plus so much more, so we get it. We tried everything out there from counseling, therapy, intensives, webinars, hundreds of books, and even tactics like Slow to Speak, Quick to Listen. And the truth is, all of those things were just band-aids that left us on an emotional roller coaster from hell. We truly believe that when you couple a heart for God and a strong desire for massive action, anything is possible. But honestly, most of us are never given the right knowledge. The Marriage 2.0 podcast shares interviews from the world's most successful people in business, sports, health, entertainment, and finance in order to help you live the purpose-filled life God designed for you so that you can live an inspiring life filled with more freedom, love, and impact. So get ready to learn the stuff that no one ever taught you about marriage. Your old marriage is dead and marriage 2.0 starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the next episode. So today we're going to be talking about really what, what, what we term as a false summit and what that means is a false sense of growth. This is a big area for a lot of different people, but we're going to dive into that today. Yes. And so, you know, Tommy and I, you know, one of our favorite hobbies is hiking. You know, we've lived in Tennessee for quite some time now. And even when we travel to different states with like beautiful landscapes and those types of things, it's one of our favorite hobbies is to hike. And we've hiked in different places all over the U.S. It's one of our favorite pastimes. Yeah, absolutely. We Like we, she said, we've hiked all over the U.S. Like most people go on vacation, like they go to like different attractions, like restaurants, uh, maybe even theme parks. For example, Dustin and Kyle, we, we look up, you know, the best hiking trails basically to go into in the areas. And we don't really, I mean, we do like going to stuff like that. Like, for example, I personally love going to high-end restaurants. I'll pay $500 a steak. I don't even care. I've always wanted to go to their place in Vegas to do that. But it doesn't matter. Like five-star hotels, all that. He's bougie. Yes. Yeah. However, yes. I do like I do like that stuff. You know, it is fun to me. I do appreciate the experiences with it. However, given our love for hiking, I was actually somewhat surprised to come across a term that I've never heard before, and it got me thinking. Like an interesting analogy as it relates to like personal growth and saving marriages, actually, and it's a term called a false summit. This false summit, it's also known as a false peak, which is a term used to describe a point on the trail that appears to be the mountain peak. And if you're a hiker, you have experienced this, whether you knew the actual term or not. And it's where you're going and you're like, okay, I see the peak. I see the top. I know where I'm going. And once you hit that peak, it's wow. Um, Cool. It's actually there's another peak higher than what you actually thought. And it's wow. So you really couldn't see the real peak until you reach that false summit. No, and so it's very, it's very discouraging. Like Wikipedia, yeah. Wikipedia actually says a false peaks, and, and this is just in any in life, but false peaks specifically to mountains and climbers and stuff like that. There's a lot of psychological states that 
include feelings of despair, dashed hopes, valley of despair, like different things like that that bring up that sense of failure. I'm a failure. Ugh, I'm never going to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. And, and it's fascinating to us in in this aspect because as a hiker, you live for the moment like that you do reach the summit. You reach and it's okay. So you push yourself for that in destination for being on top. And when you can look out over the valley below and you just feel that sense of accomplishment, that appreciation for God's creation, you just feel more connected to him and safe seeing how big he really is. And honestly, that challenge set before you has been conquered and it feels amazing. Absolutely. Like it is amazing. It's one of those things, but that happens a lot of places in life, not just here, obviously like with climbers and hikers and different things like that. But by the way, we don't climb. You will never catch me climbing a mountain. (laughs) We hike. But yeah, hiking, let's just put it that way. (laughs) But still the same concepts here. But what happens is, is if you reach a point where you think you made it to the top, you think you tackled your goal only to realize you're still a long, 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 long way off or worse, even worse. Most of the time, here's what happens when people situations that we're talking about today uh, on, on this podcast episode, they've actually climbed the wrong mountain altogether. Mm, that's so defeating. Like not only did they climb a mountain and gotten pushed as hard as they possibly could, they think they've grow, grew a lot and all these different things. And reality is, They've been climbing the wrong mountain, going down the wrong paths, and they ended up at the top of the wrong mountain, <laughs> and they lost everything. Yeah, and it's so, and it's so defeating in that aspect. They put in all that effort to push themselves to keep going when they didn't feel like it, or they didn't think they had any more, and then they realized that they hit that false peak, that they were you know just in the wrong place. And there's been numerous times where we have turned down the wrong path when we've been hiking you know, or we're told a hike was just around the corner. That actually happened a couple of weeks ago. It was just supposed to be a short hike and ended up almost being five miles and straight uphill half of it. And so, you know, there's been lots of those times or a two mile hike that turned into 10, like 10 plus miles. And, you know, from turning on the wrong path to just asking someone on the trail, which way to get back. And we were told the wrong direction altogether. And, Uh, let's just say like that, like we've had some experiences. Yeah. And I will tell you like, man, I'm like, I didn't have much nice words to say about that person at all. They were so nonchalant when they sent us an extra eight miles. It's like, Oh geez. Thank you for that. Uh, It's why you shouldn't ask the the wrong people for directions. It's just, it's, it's literally like the blind leading the blind. Exactly. And I want to point out, they were so confident. They had been there before they had been like, they have been on those trails before and they were confident in their answer and it was wrong, wrong. Yeah. Luckily we had enough food and water to get us through the hike. I would say barely, but like in <laughs> life, in life, when it comes to getting in direction for your personal growth or marriage, this, this can represent family. Like these, these people that you get advice from, it can represent family, pastors, friends, counselors, the uh, pr- other programs that promise unicorn deliver a donkey. Like you got all these different things that a lot of times people will go towards. Now, the reason why we're talking about this is really because we see people and I wouldn't say all the time uh, by any means, but frequently mm-hmm. that go to various different paths, paths of growth. And I use air quotes here, paths of growth and experience this false sense of growth, like a false summit. Basically they think that they're, 
I've grown so much. I've done all these different things. In reality, no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the sad truth is often they're on the wrong path altogether. They're on the wrong mountain altogether for the outcome they're actually looking for. And it's such a dangerous place to be because they think they think that they are on the right path. But the truth is that they're not. And not at all. Like they're not even close but they have that perception and they believe that they're on the right path, but they're not. And these are also the same people that when it's all over, you know, they end up getting a divorce, things have settled, everything's like finalized. And then they're like, I did try everything. And ultimately that they didn't, they just had tried those wrong things. They were climbing the wrong mountain in the, in the end. Yeah. I think you were talking to someone the other day in the chats about this. Like it was just, it was just funny because they were, they, they were like, oh, I've been doing everything. I've been trying everything. I've been doing all these different things and I've experienced my anger has gone away and all these different things. It's like, dude, but then like they say other things that you can catch them in like, no, that's not really true. Obviously like it's clear that this isn't a permanent fix. Like this is just a temporary bandaid over your, what you think is a permanent fix, but reality, you haven't really changed at all. You're just being slow to speak, quick to listen. Nothing's truly changed at all. Yeah. I, and I, you know, when you actually have the skill set that we teach our clients, because our clients see it too, and they can see it in just everyday people as well. And what we can see is we can obviously see a much deeper than what's being said. And when people are like, oh, I've had all this growth and change. But then as you talk to them for a few minutes, their statements are completely contradictory. Like they don't make a lot of sense. And they're like, oh, I'm great. But like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do or know what to do, but, oh, I got it. I know exactly what to do. And it's like, well, if you knew what you needed to do, then you wouldn't be here. You'd be done solved, like solve the problem. And so there's just so many conflicting statements that come across all the time in this aspect. And it's because there's not that true foundational growth. Yeah. There's just not, not, not on any sort of level, like that's relative to like actually going through this the right way, but they use, they use it as a scapegoat uh, more in like a cop out, for the reason why they didn't say their marriage. And it's funny because like you see people on like, like this on Facebook and what they do is they say, well, Oh, I tried everything. Oh, I did everything. And you know, it's just, obviously I changed, but it's obviously just my spouse, right? No, 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 it's not just your spouse. It's you didn't do the right things. And a lot of the things you did do, you weren't aware of it, but they actually pushed them further and further away versus opening the door and actually bringing them closer and building that trust and creating more communication. There's certain key things that you can do. I mean, we've helped so many individuals in the worst yes. possible situations where they think it's done and we've helped them open the doors. Whereas reality, it's like, it's okay. Well, there's so many different fruits. Like the Bible says, know them by their fruits. Okay. Well, fruits also means permanent, significant, deep-rooted change, not just what you actually think you did. Mm -hmm. And so the real issue is things that they've tried, that they're doing, it gives them that false sense, that false sense of growth. And they're failing to understand that they simply have turned down a path like a fork in the road and went the wrong way. Like they didn't know and they just ended up down the wrong path with the wrong outcome. So while... You know, they might be slower to speak or, you know, what I hear often is I'm listening to listen and not respond like, okay, great. That's a great tactic. There's so much more to that than just listening to, to listen. 
Yes. It's <laughs> funny because we talk to people sometimes that, you know, it, it's like, well, for let's, let's use the anger example thing. So talked to a guy the other day that it was kind of funny because we were like, well, well, I, I fixed the anger issue. I was like, well, what did you do to fix it? Oh, we, we forgiven. I think it was forgiven and forget. I've, I've moved on past it. Um, what, no, what did you do to get to the deeper beliefs? How did you get there? We just set in our emotions and thought about it for a little bit. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, what, what else did you, I'm kind of lost here. Like there has to be more than this. What else did you do? What did you do to get to the deeper breeze? How did you do that? What methods did you use to do that? Who helped you do that? Oh, no one. I, I, I just figured it out by really being introspective and think, thought about it for a while. And, and, you know, <laughs> I just, I just forgiven them and I've really made a lot of progress. No, you haven't. No, no. you freaking haven't. Uh, and, you know, why do, we're saying this because we care. We don't want you going down the wrong path. And we see it, you know, often, not all the time, but often. And we want to warn you about that. Because if you're just, one, don't sit in your emotions. You know, actually, the scientific aspect of it is your, your uh, oh, I forgot the words, your nervous system. There we go. Okay, so your nervous system is in that fight or flight. You've been in it for quite a while in that aspect. And if you just go sit into your emotions, but since you don't know how to process them, all of those emotions are just going to overwhelm you and put you right like further into fight or flight or whatever your shutdown, whatever your coping mechanism for being at that extent. And you're just going to continue frying your nervous system. You're not going to actually know what to do and process it. And it's going to send you spiraling for who knows how long. Some people can hit that spiral and be in it for, you know, hours, some days, some weeks. It honestly just depends. And so sitting in your emotions is one of the worst things that you can do. No, it's not going to help you in any sort of way. Now, that being said, let's talk about some key points here. So what we're going to be talking about today is the false, path, <laughs> false paths, that's a tongue twister for me, uh, slash false summits. And I'm also going to be talking about the right path. Yes. There, there, there's like, like God says, there's a lot of, there's a lot of these different roads and wide roads full of a lot of people to, to hell, but there's one very narrow path to heaven. So there's a right way and there's a lot of wrong ways. Let's just make that very clear. So we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. Now we want to talk about some areas that people do and go into for false summits. Yes. And one of them is, you know, they start with just books or, you know, um, books, or I'm just going to also call it, you know, some, some podcaster, you know, uh, YouTube videos, because they're all about similar, just some education points on like key, some, some broad topics and that's what they're gonna be diving into and like okay well you know i got this and you know there is so much more to fixing the deep things other than that and on the books and the books and those things one you're gonna get a lot of conflicting advice it's not you it's know very, we're right it's very conflicting and then you're also i was reading a book the other day and i'm, I'm not gonna lie it it was it was it was a terrible book the advice in the book was terrible and I couldn't even finish it I couldn't finish the book just because the advice it was giving was so bad and I was like I put that down and I was like you know how many people read that and then they're down the wrong path I'm like Ugh, it just irks me or they just take an a, a one little area and run with it so let's talk about the book boundaries I love that book I feel like everyone should read it it's just a, a basic staple book but is boundaries alone gonna fix your marriage no 
not only that, they don't even go into boundaries in detail in the book on how you actually make them permanent. Or like, why you didn't have them to begin with, or, you know, how it's impacted you on that deeper level or, you know, any of those deeper aspects. It just talks about the, you know, ripple effects, which is important, but it doesn't talk about the deeper aspects or how to make it stick. Or what do you do when, you know, what, what do you do when your spouse doesn't like your boundaries? That's a big one too. There's a lot in it that people don't understand. Like, for example, like you have, when you set boundaries and, and expectations in your life and standards, those similar things, but you can't have, you can't have just, Oh, I'm going to have a, just a set of rules and this is what they're going to be. And you have to respect them. But why? Like, not that I have to give you a reason why. I mean, like why to you as a person, like there needs to be, there needs to be understanding of values, principles, core beliefs, uh, deep rooted beliefs. There needs to be goals, visions, paths, clarity of clarity of path, clarity of vision, clarity of purpose. There needs to be all of these things to where you can make effective decisions moving forward. Because guess what? If you don't understand those things, how are you going to make decisions with your boundaries? How are you going to even set correct boundaries? You're not going to be able to. Not only that, if you don't understand the deeper beliefs, it's going to actually keep you in alignment with setting the boundaries in the first place when it gets hard and gets tough. And it will get hard and tough. Then way. you won't be able to stay consistent with them. Not only that, like another book that I really hate out of any book in the entire world is The Love Dare. It's the dumbest book I've ever read in my life. It's a, do Oh, let's do a bunch of nice things for your spouse and they'll come back. It's epitome of what a lot of these stupid programs teach you. No, no, that's not how it works. No, and it just made me really angry at Tommy when I read it because I did nice things and it didn't fix anything. And then it made me angrier and built more resentment. It was so terrible. On so, both ends, honestly. <laughs> yeah, it was not a... Not good there at all. Um, so another one is connect groups in that aspect. You know, they go to connect groups. And let's just talk about the majority of the world for a, just a quick second. Most of the world does not actually have emotional intelligence. Like they weren't taught how to understand their emotions. They weren't taught how to process things. They weren't taught how to be healthy individuals. If you're not even a healthy individual, then we you can't have a healthy relationship, whether that's a friendship, a marriage, you know, with a parent. Like, there is no healthy relationship unless you're a healthy individual. And if we're not taught that as a society in general, which I, I haven't met anyone who was taught how to be a healthy individual, if that tells you how, you know, <laughs> what the majority of the world is. So when you go to these connect groups, you're, you're literally talking with other people who are lost, who are confused who have their own struggles, you know, loss of identity. Like they don't know who they are. They're, they're confused, have such false beliefs within themselves, especially with, let's talk about like mental health for a second. A lot of, you know, I even know pastors who are like, well, mental health is just something you have to learn to live with. What? Like, no, you actually, like God doesn't say you're supposed oh to gosh. be depressed and you just have to deal with that. Or you just have to deal with the anger and that was, you know, passed on from family to family and you now you recognize and it's just something you have to deal with. No, actually you can deal with it and you can process it and you can break it and you can be the one to change generations. Like you can break that off your family and you can have that change. So why not just go to connect groups? Because they're giving you bad advice. They don't know if they knew they wouldn't be in those same situations. Now, I will say we're not saying to not go to connect groups. Like we believe that those things are you good. You should go to connect groups. For fellowship. They're good for to sharpen you in some ways. Uh, there's different reasons why you should go to connect groups in churches. There's so many different ones from hiking groups to to 
cooking groups that like there's so many different ones that you can go to that are in church. And if your church doesn't have those, maybe you should go to one that does. But when it boils down to it, the still at the end of the day, a lot of these people, their hearts are in the right place for the most part to help mm-hmm. people. I would say very far and few between that they aren't, but most of the time they are. It's just, and they're honestly some very nice, loving people and they're great people. But like when it boils down to it in connect groups, as far as your marriage, and as far as helping you actually become a healthy individual, most of the time, number one, they're not healthy individuals. Pretty much like I'll summarize what she was saying. They're not, not even close. The other side of it is you have the, they don't have the correct foundations to be healthy individuals, nor in their marriages. Uh, their marriage may be in a air quote, good place at the moment. Most of the time, not a lot of them suffer with identity issues. We, we've seen it. Mm-hmm. We've yes. seen it so many different times. The connect groups I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying it'd be perfect, all holy and thou to lead a group. No, no, it's not what we're saying. I know some freaking person is going to say that it's not what we're saying. You can be at a level three and some person be at a level two out of 10 and you can help them get to a level three. All I'm saying is, is that don't go to these people for marriage advice to help you grow and become a healthy individual because it's not going to be the best place to do that. A lot of these people are going to give you bad advice, surface level advice. It's not going to be the what you need to actually get through it. And you're going to perceive it as fact. Because they're in positions of power, they're in positions of influence. And I've heard so many people in church and different places like that give terrible, terrible, terrible advice. Yes. And so coupling on that along with church classes, you know, that's another aspect. And do you go to classes? I love to learn. I'm actually enrolled in two different classes right now personally and reading two different books. So learning is staple in our lives and we never stop. So most certainly be involved with classes. Injured classes are great, but taking them as like, this is all I need. So first of all, we were in connect groups and church class classes and reading books in hell on earth. Like we were in hell on earth when we were doing all of these things and not advancing whatsoever, especially when I was told that, you know, I need to be a good submissive wife and I need to be a loving wife and all of these things. And I was like, I want to punch him in the face. I'm tired of being nice to him. Like, that's not helping me. What, like, what, seriously, like, if I'm told one more time to be a submissive and, and, you know, just like if we're padded one more time, just don't, like, don't touch me. Like, uh, just so many different aspects from church classes that, you know, they just don't, give the fundamental aspects they're they're broad categories we've even done a whole podcast on the whole you know the submissive wife wife aspect and how it's taken out of context and we see it all the time and so no like you're not you know you know in church like they don't do the best job at teaching what does that actually mean you know how can you still be true to you be a healthy individual but still show up like christ called us to as a godly wife you know that's a whole different aspect. It's not being a doormat and not knowing who you are. Most women have no idea what they like, who they are, anything about them. It's all about my husband and my kids. And that's not right. That's not biblical. Now, I'll give you an example. I've been to classes, connect groups, different things like that. And I'm in a good one right now, uh, but and it's a leadership-based one. But I wouldn't say it's still, in my opinion, lacking in quite a few areas when it comes to like actually be being a healthy individual which we're talking about here and that you can tell like even in past ones i've been in in men's groups and stuff like that it's a lot of it's a lot of bad advice it's a lot of people giving advice that shouldn't be it's a lot of people that are ego driven with their bible stroking their bible knowledge you know it's 
all these different things that it just it's not going to end up in a good place. And so we definitely don't suggest the classes. We definitely don't suggest the groups, books, none of that for actually becoming a healthy individual and saving your marriage. Not only that, let's talk. Let's just briefly talk about church classes as far as marriage classes. First of all, the fact that it's a marriage class and that you actually go and just work on the marriage from the very beginning is the first mistake that you failed from the very beginning. Yep. You cannot work on the marriage unless you are two healthy individuals. It it won't work, and you're missing a complete. You're, you're, you're not building on solid foundations. It's a, it's a big, massive mistake. Yes. And you know, we hit that mistake. It was a very colossal mistake actually in that aspect. So you can't, cause a healthy marriage is two healthy individuals walking through life together. It's why most people are set up from failure in marriage from day one, because we're not taught how to be healthy individuals. Most people still are carrying around their, their trauma from their young adulthood to childhood that they have suppressed and have pushed down and aside. And you know, and so yes, like all of that still plays a role and is coming out because it's unaddressed. So a healthy marriage is two healthy individuals walking through life together. It takes one to save a marriage. So yes, there's so much that you can do with one, but it takes two to have it. Yes. And then another one we hear a lot, I would say more frequently, definitely a lot more than church classes, connect group books and stuff like that is counseling or therapy. And I'm not going to, we've done a podcast alone on this, so I'm not going to go into a long rant on this. Neither one of us are, no. but, but it, let's just make it short and simple. A lot of these people, and we'll talk about from this different perspective here. A lot of these people will go to counseling individually based therapy, individually based, and they're different. Therapy is more of, more of, um, specialized. It's also, it could be caught in behavioral therapy. It could be inner child work. It could be more classified as a therapist, uh, psychologists, different things like that. There's also like the counseling side of things where it's different. It's different terms, different, uh, different like vibes to things, mm-hmm. how they do it, different industries. However, when it comes to these types of things, what you have to understand is that counts what these people will go to counseling and what they'll do is they'll, they'll be like, well, I've had a lot of realizations. I've had a lot of growth. I've been doing work on me. And I realized that, and they, they come to these conclusions, for example, their spouse is a narcissist. It's like, dude, no, like it's most likely your spouse is not a narcissist. Like my spouse is bipolar. They're my spouse is bipolar. They come to these conclusions. They come to these conclusions and then they they like, well, I've gotten to the deep read wise, but then the fruits of what they've actually of their behavior doesn't reflect that. They've they're they haven't gotten their spouse back, all these different things. And so what yeah. I will say what I will say with counseling and therapy is not only is it a complete waste of time, it is. Complete waste of time. You go in, talk about your feelings, get in your feelings, and leave with no action steps, no real action steps, or timeline, all to repeat next time, like Groundhog Day. It's all it is. Yeah, and so there's a couple different aspects about counseling and therapy. A lot of times, you know, they also leave with, oh, I got to work on myself, so I need to leave my marriage, or I just need space. Uh, Also, just really bad advice of, you know, maybe it's time that you let go of your marriage. I'm like, mm, okay, no. So like that one, no, that's not their place to say that. And you haven't been doing everything on your end to have that influence. So, and this is an aspect that I've seen is when some people do go to counseling or therapy and they start having some awareness, I'm not going to call it transformation because their behavior and their words hasn't actually changed. And so not true growth there, but it's just a change in a shift in behavior. But within that aspect, they, they still are coming at it and, and have that lack of understanding about so many aspects of, you know, why people are the way they are, how to influence people, how to grow, like all the fundamental things. And there's a lot that one person can do. So 
you know, our own story, our hundreds of clients that, you know, we've helped when their spouse wasn't on board. There's just so many different aspects that there's a lot that you can do. And it's not like, okay, I'm, I've grown. Let's, uh, I'm time to, it's time for me to leave you, Tommy, because you haven't grown as much as me. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not how it works. Uh, I'll, no. I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, recently, I'll give you a recent one and then a previous one. Uh, I, won't, I could go into them all day, but we'll just list a couple here. So when it comes to like the, the examples I want to share here, aside from, all, of course, obviously working with thousands of people, um, with people that come to us, uh, tens of thousands a year, we've, we've helped hundreds of people all around the world say their marriages, we helped our own, right? Now, aside from all that, we've actually had individuals that have been working on themselves for 11 years or more come to us, even recently, and all I have to say in after just one meeting with me is like, wow. Mm -hmm. wow they're in tears and they're it's they're like wow this is this is insane i've never i've never been able to get this deeper or anything and it's true because they've never gotten to the deeper reasons why their behavior and everything in their fruits in their life represent that that they haven't we've had honestly we've had clients that's been in counseling for over 50 years We've had clients been in counseling for over 20 years because they had childhood trauma and they've been in counseling, right? And since they were a kid and or youth of some sort, we've had, you know, 20, 30 years, 50 years, you know, or even those intensives where they're like every day for several weeks, you know, all of those. And then they come and they learn more within the first two weeks than anything they've ever learned. And it just goes to show that it's not about just how much time, like you can do the same thing wrong over and over again, but that doesn't make you an expert in it. It means you've been doing the wrong thing for, you know, all those hours. But within that aspect of like, there's so much more you can do and the awareness that comes when you actually dive into the fundamentals. Yes. And I, she briefly mentioned it, but like one of the people that we helped, he went to counseling. I think it was counseling. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Went to counseling for every day, five, six days a week for months and months and months and months. And came to us for help and he got more out of us in a couple hours than he did in all those weeks. Mm-hmm. Literally. Um, every single day, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And he got more out of us than that. Right. It's not, it's not, it's not your intention. That's the issue. You want to fix things. It's the path you're on. It's the path that you're on. It's the path. It's the, it's, it's who you're choosing. A lot of these people, yeah, just, no, just don't. But another one is AA meetings. So, you know, like alcoholic nominuses, alcoholic nominuses, anonymous, anonymous. I, I can't say the <laughs> word, uh, meetings and stuff like that. We're all for breaking alcohol addictions. Honestly, though, it's, it's kind of, it's not, I wouldn't say a waste of time, but honestly, they, it pretty much is like, they don't get to the deeper rooted issues. Nope. It's more of an accountability thing than anything else, honestly. And don't be wrong. That's really beneficial. So if you want accountability, sure. Yeah, sure. But when it comes to actually breaking down the deeper beliefs that cause this, we've helped so many people break free of alcohol ourselves. Like we've, we've helped so many people break forward porn addictions, other addictions they are all the same, honestly. Yeah. And when it boils down to it, minus like meth and stuff like that, of course. But when it comes down to it, these things are fairly easy to break if you have the right resources. Uh, I've, it's more of it, honestly, all, so here, here's the thing. I can help someone do it as a side note. In all in the midst of all of the other coaching, whereas with AAs, it's their main focus. And I can do it much better. 
So, so when it comes, yeah. like when it comes down to it, like you have to understand that there, there's, there's, there's okay methods like that. Eh, you know, there's plenty of people gotten through it, I suppose. But you know, when it comes to actually breaking free of these things, you need to break the bondages. Yeah. Um, and then other coaching programs is the last one here, but other coaching programs, uh, we've had, I'm not going to mention any names, even no. though I could, but you're a lot of well-known names. I'm not going to do that because it's not in line with my principles and values. However, uh, not publicly anyways, but when it comes down to it, there's a lot of people that come to us from other coaching programs. There's a lot of people that are looking into other coaching programs before they come to us. And what I will say to you is that we've had plenty of people do that. We have plenty of people, like hundreds of people all the time come to us from other well-known coaching programs that are ran by people with degrees and all these different things. And the reality is a lot of these people promise unicorns and deliver a donkey. And even I was just talking to a guy the other day, uh, for example, he's been to seven different coaching programs, very well-known ones. And all of them, but six, six out of seven of them told him to go no contact. Don't do that. That's terrible advice. Not only terrible, it's stupid. Yes. They are idiots. Let me just be very clear. The people that told you to do that are idiots. They do not know what they're doing. This is why you should only take advice from people that have actually been through this, have actually duplicated it in hundreds and hundreds of people that have actually been through everything that you're going through. Otherwise, just because they have a stupid degree or, or a, you know, a PhD behind their name doesn't mean crap. So it's in its, so on the whole no contact and that whole aspect and also on the coaches themselves, make sure, you know, there's so many actually divorced people who are teaching how to save marriage. And I don't understand that logic. I don't understand it at all. Uh, you know, or someone, you know, that had never been married. I, I, I can't understand that either. How can you give marriage advice if you've never been married? You know, but there's programs like that and it just doesn't make logical sense to me. And, you know, so, but Tommy and I have been through it. We've been through hell on earth. We know what that's like. And some we made of the, it through successfully with us, yes. not someone else. And we are good. And, you know, so Tommy and I, one marriage still together, not divorced. And in that aspect, there's just so, it's just different. And there, you cannot understand or give advice on something that you have not been through like that because hell on earth, how it tears you up emotionally, mentally, how it's messing with you and bleeding out into every area, like that amount of pain, I wouldn't wish it on anyone. And, but we can, we can relate because we've been there, we've done it and we know what it takes. We know, you know, we know the journey coming out of it and the healing process. We had to do it. So we understand that. Let me ask you this. Would you hire someone that has no experience in guerrilla warfare? Actually, let me, let me ask you this. Let me, this, this is a theory, theoretical question. So would you hire Chris Farley? I know he's dead, but would you hire Chris Farley to take you through a guerrilla warfare scene uh, with landmines everywhere, with people that are wanting to chop your limbs off, with people that are wanting to kill you and torture you and all these types of things to get you out on the other side of their territory safely? Or would you hire Rambo, right? Common sense here. Come on now. Like, who would you hire? Like, who, who would <laughs> Not you, the funny one. 
Yeah, I, I don't give a crap. <laughs> like, sure, I might laugh before I die, but like when it comes down yeah. to it, like I want to survive. I want to thrive on the other side of it. I don't want to die because they don't they don't know all the landmines you're going to hit. They don't know all the the the, the problems that are going to come up. They don't know how to navigate the things. Like, unless you've actually been through it, you won't know how to get through it. It's that it's that simple. You just won't. Yeah. And all of those things that we are mentioning, all of those different aspects that people go down and turn down, they're all surface level at best. And they have holes in them, drastic holes. And it's lacking. It's not everything that's needed. And it's just going to put you maybe on that temporary high. I talked to someone yesterday who's on that, you know, emotional high for himself. He's like, oh, I'm good. And I'm like, mm, if you were really good, you would have a lot better skills and have that deeper intellect and those aspects, right? So it's given him that false perception. But we don't tell you those things to come at you out of that place of condemnation, but from a place of just hand like firsthand experience and wisdom like we want to let you know and make you aware because if we don't then we're not doing our part to let you know of what to look out for and so we want to make you aware we want to let you know what you should be looking out for yeah it's like it's more like an analogy of wait you're about to we see you about to step off a cliff and we're like no 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 don't don't move just don't move don't do that like that's, that's our heart behind it. Like, cause yes. we see that you're about to kill yourself and your marriage and generations to come. And we want to help you. Like we know the mistakes that you're about to make one, because we've made them mm -hmm. right. We've seen hundreds of people make them tens of th actually not even hundreds, tens of thousands of people make them. And so we want to make sure that you do the right thing because we care about you. It's not coming from a place of superiority um, even though we have the the authority to be able to tell you these things, like it's one of those things that you just have to understand where we're coming from too. Only our heart behind it isn't to condemn you, isn't to hurt you, isn't to do anything like that. Now, can you be a fool and still do these things? Yeah, of course you can. But at the end of the day, it's your choice. So uh, some other things that we want to talk about really here is also, well, actually, I want to say one thing here when it comes to, to actually these people or coaching programs. I've actually had people that that we've been on. Actually, I won't say that because you'll know who it is. But we've been on things with that they've been interviewed with and stuff like that. And one of the things that I'll tell you is um, they told us they're well-known people. And they said, oh, we don't actually save marriages. This is off camera, off script. We don't actually save marriages. That's not our goal is to save their marriage when their spouse doesn't want to. It's actually just to... So that's our hook. That's our marketing hook. But we actually just empower the men and women, right? So it's like, ooh, that's and they're paying well into almost uh, six figures to 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 work on their five figures. Sorry to work on this. So yeah, five figures. Uh, and so it, it's 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 one of those things like, wow, really? And yeah. they've and they've been divorced. Like, why? Why would you work with an idiot like that? I don't even understand that. Yeah, I talked to someone yesterday who was the same thing. They're like, I just signed up for this program. and But it's all about just me. And it's not about the marriage. And it's like, mm. yeah. So make sure that you're not getting just like hooked in in that aspect and that there's true help for the marriage. What we're saying basically here is there's a lot of paths that you can go down that can be beneficial. Like I'm sure this person I'm talking about right now, I'm sure their stuff is very beneficial for an individual growth perspective when it comes to certain things. Sure. It's probably well done in some some areas. I won't believe I don't believe it at all. It's it's done on the depth that it needs to be, or else they wouldn't have been divorced. But regardless of the say, you can still grow from anything. There's a lot of benefits. To, you can grow from anything. There's a lot of benefits to things, and a lot of positive things you can grow from. Free a lot of things on the internet. But is it the right path to be on, to give you the right outcome? 
that you're wanting, which is a saved marriage, your family and all that. Eh, probably not. Most likely not. Definitely not. But some so, common myths we want to talk about. Yeah. Too. And this, these are some very common myths and it's important to bring them out because we want to talk about them and make you aware is, you know, one says, one is, you know, I just, I'm going to, you know, just work on me. And once they see the change, all of things will be fixed. Like I'm just going to, you know, be all pretty over here, all handsome, whatever it is, and like work on me. And they're just going to see it and be fixed. Yeah. A lot of programs preach that. Uh, there's so many different, especially on the men's side of things. But when it comes to like, basically, I'm going to grow, I'm going to change, I'm going to become more, and they're going to see the change, they're going to come back. Can that work? Sometimes. Most of the time, 99% of the time, not. Most of the time, it doesn't. So what you have to understand is like, we don't believe that's enough. And the reason why is because we've actually done through this, been through this. So we don't believe just becoming more is enough. Like you actually have to implement some key things. And we believe in a 90% focus on you, transformational focus on you, not just informational on a very deep level, but also on the other side of it, you need to understand the actual tactical and strategic part of it. So we believe in a very tactical and strategic 10% on your spouse to get them to want to come back, to change, to build internal pressure, to change their lens, their narrative of you. And to also get them to want to work on themselves to make it their idea, to build boiling points, to do that. There's so many different things that you need to understand that you don't understand that a lot of things you're doing are more of taking a false one step forward and three to four steps back, but more of a lot of just steps back. And you're pushing them further and further and further away with a lot of these things. Yes. Like, and I'll give you an example. One of the things I've heard people do is they write these apologetic letters uh, to their spouse. And it's like, uh, okay, cool. But your words, you got to remember something. If they're leaving and they're on divorce, your words don't mean much of anything. Tommy wrote me lots of letters. He did all little, all kinds of little gift things and I ripped them up in front of him. Yep. Yeah. Um, they're probably doing the same thing or, if, or behind your back at them in the trash or don't I even open them all together after the first one. So what you have to understand is like that it's more about strategically implementing letters. Nothing wrong with letters. I use those with certain things. However, I do them in a very different way than the other part of the, than any other part of the industry does. And so you have to understand that part too. Yes. Another, another myth is I've experienced real change. And, you know, we kind of touched on this earlier, but they're just like, oh, no, I've experienced real change. And whether their issue was like anger or drinking or whatever their one thing was, they're like, oh, I don't have that anymore. You know, I, you know I'm good and nothing bothers me. It's like, okay, but what's the real change? Like, that's not real change and most people are running on that just just the the effort of i'm just the willpower just okay the i'm not gonna factor. do this and the grit and it's not the true fundamental aspect and so when life hits when life really hits they're gonna cycle right back to it and because it's nothing has truly changed and you know so one anger was mine and i was the i was the one who had the alcohol problem so both of those were my own personal things that i had to break and let me tell you, I tried several times to do it by grit and willpower and it didn't work. I would cycle back. I would lose my mind. I would be good for a long time. And then, or uh, and I say a long time, I would be good for, you know, a period of time. I can't really say it was long. I'd be good for a period of time. And then I would have a blow up and then be like, oh, I'm so sorry. It was just once. And, but it, it was boiling on the inside because I didn't have that true change there. It was just being suppressed. Yep. I'll give you an example when it comes to identity. This is a big one for a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, I'll have someone tell me, well, I know who I am now. I've been working on myself. I found myself. I used to not to, and I feel like I lost myself at one point, but I know who I am now. 
And then later on in the conversation, they're like, well, I just, I don't know. Like if I ask them, well, what, what's going to be the consequences of this? If you don't do something right now, well, I'm going to, I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose my soulmate. I'm going to lose my significant other. I'm going to, and honestly, like, well, I'm like, how's that going to affect you? Well, it just feels like I'm losing a part of myself. Oh, really? So you're telling me that you know who you are, but you're losing a part of yourself. Well, if you're losing a part of yourself, you should know by the podcast that we just did on that. Uh, well, I wouldn't say just did, but did recently is that if you feel like you're losing a part of you, that's because you placed your identity into them. Plain and simple, which mm-hmm. means, aka, your identity is not founded in the right places. Right. It, it also yeah. looks like if you look at their priorities, what they put first, their spouse, their kids, them last. Clearly, your identity is not in the right place. There's a, and then also like they're not confident. They're insecure. If if you were confident and secure, your identity would be in the right places, but it's not. Yeah. And that can come out in so many different ways. Like we have people who come to us and they're, you know, they think they're confident, but it doesn't come out. There's a lot of, you know, a lot of different dropping different aspects to build up to make them like feel good in that aspect, but it's not true confidence. And so there's a lot of different aspects missing. And so it's really like they know they don't know who they are. And one of the glories is so first of all, identity. So mental health and identity are two of the aspects that like I am so strongly passionate about mainly obviously personal struggles of mine that I went through. I had lost myself. Luckily my breaking point was just really early in life instead of like when I was 60 or 50 or something. But so I had mine early. Now I get to help you guys in this. But when, when you get to, when you go through those aspects in this whole identity, it's, it's not just like, okay, well, well, the Bible says I'm loved. And so I know I'm loved and, and I'm chosen and, you know, I'm forgiven. And, you know, those are great affirmations, but that's not your whole identity. And if you're just going off of that, you're going to feel lost. You're going to feel void. And then you're going to be like, I still feel like something's wrong with me. And maybe I'm just not a good enough Christian because if I, if I was, then, then, you know, the Bible would be enough. And then I don't want to ask for help because then it shows that I don't really know, or I'm struggling here. And then, you know, and it just puts in this huge internal turmoil and just all because you weren't taught how to truly know who you are. And one of my favorite aspects is when our clients do learn truly who they are and discover their confidence for the first time. And so many of them are like, I realize I never knew who I was. It was always based on other people. And so I never knew who I was for me. And they could be in their 30s. They could be in their 50s. They could be in their 70s. It doesn't matter. I've had clients tell me from all age groups that that statement of I actually never knew who I was. And it's phenomenal. It's one of my most passionate aspects. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, another one here is like, I told them everything. It's so that was in line with like the whole forgive, forget word vomit all over your spouse, move on type of mentality. Not in that exact order, but you know, it, it's, that's not what fixes everything. No. Like there, and often what cut what's coupled with this sometimes is slow to speak, quick to listen, which there's a whole nother misinterpreted thing from the Bible that people misinterpreted. And yes, we did a podcast on that debunking it in, in not in the Bible because it's obviously in the Bible. It's good, but the misinterpretation, the misinterpretation of your debunking it. But the whole, I've told them everything. So, you know, I talk to people all the time, all the time, daily, you know, this happened, you know, we, we had something happen six years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and they still bring it up. 
And, you know, so just telling things is not going to fix everything. In fact, it's going to cause a lot more to boil, a lot more division. It's going to cause a lot more walls, a lot more just the intimacy is going to break in so many different aspects. Just telling someone everything is not the right thing. And in fact, word vomiting all over someone and just like divulging like the whole like everything I've ever done, said, think, thought, whatever. It, it's not accurate. Like that's not how you should do it at all. And it probably is going to lead to a lot more pain. And so they might be like, okay, thank you. I appreciate it. And you know, we're just going to, we're going to get through this and then go into the forgive and forget, but they're not going to be able to forget. And they're going to deal with their own triggers, their own, their own thoughts. And a trigger is just something where, you know, it takes them back to that time in that place and being able to not forget it. And so it's bringing something that even happened 10, 20 years ago, like it happened yesterday. Like that's what a trigger is. And people deal with those. So don't just say it and tell everything because that's not going to fix your marriage. Yes. So there's a lot of different myths wrong with that, but you have to understand like if you knew how to, what this really boils down to is if you knew how to fix it, if you knew how to save it, if you knew how to become a healthy individual, if you knew how to actually do that, marriage would already be saved. Just to be clear, or there would be a significant progress in you in the right areas. Like you would know the deeper reasons why and all this stuff. And, and you don't, it's no. just that simple. We hear like in this aspect, if you think, well, I'm angry just because, you know, that's the household I grew up in. I, I understand. I grew up in an angry household. That was not, that wasn't the real root of my anger, you know, or, you know, I'm just angry because I don't feel heard. Okay. Again, not the root, you know, I just withdraw because it's easier or because my opinion doesn't matter. Okay. Again, those are just surface level issues. Like that's the surface level. That's not the deep rooted issues. Nope, not at all. So, you know, don't I don't lead in the house because she's just too bold or she's just too much of an alpha or like she won't let me lead, all those different things. I don't lead because like of, you know, I never I never saw what leadership was. All surface level issues. Mm -hmm. And uh, by the way, it just because she's alpha woman doesn't mean she doesn't want to be led effectively. Not dictated, led, and I mean led by a real leader. Not someone that just thinks because they have the position that they're a leader. Just because you're, just because you're fit, like atomically, like a person like that actually has body parts of a man doesn't mean you're a leader. No. So, um, not at all. Uh, and something else we hear is like, oh, I cheated because, you know, I, I cheated because they weren't talking to me or because I felt lonely or, you know, I just, just didn't feel loved or I, I cheated because they quit having sex with me. Okay. All of that is still not deep rooted issues. Nope. Nope. Not at all. And oftentimes, not oftentimes, most of the time, mostly all the time, I'm using an infinity statement here, it never has to do with like your actual spouse. This is stuff that your own internal issues. Mm -hmm. Now, saying that, I'm not saying that everything and everything in the marriage is your fault. No. Not at all. It takes two to tango. There's issues. Don't worry on both sides. But we're talking about here just this one perspective. Yes. And so also it could be that like they, you know, we just need to communicate. That's the issue. If we could just talk. No, if you could look, I could give you our communication tools right now, right now for free. Here you go. You'd fail over and over again. And if you didn't, you'd experience a high of an emotional roller coaster. Why? Because tools and tactics alone will keep you on the emotional roller coaster. Even our tools are garbage without the actual proper foundations. So if you don't have the proper foundations, you're going to fail. And then if you don't know the deeper reasons why you can't communicate. And also, if you can't even communicate to yourself and you don't understand your own emotions, how are you going to communicate to someone else? So there's so many different aspects to that. 
But another one is we just need to get back in church and pray and everything will be fixed. No. Like I hate, <laughs> hate. There's a popular statement going around like now, like I don't even know where the stupid statistic came from, but 70% of the people that, or what is it? It's you're 70% more likely to stay together. If you pray together as a couple praying together, is it good? Like it, it's great, right? It's a great thing to do, but it's not going to fix the deep rooted issues. It's not going to, God's not just going to snap his fingers like Thanos and just save your marriage. Like that's not the way it works. Yeah. So I'm not going to lie. We, we were in church and we prayed when we were on hell on earth. I would show hung over to church. Cheating currently in church. Like, I mean, you uh, name it. yeah, totally did. Uh, you know, so cheating, messaging people in the parking lot, like wh- whatever it did, didn't matter in that aspect. So were we fixed just because we were going to church and praying? No. And I actually hit on this earlier, but it just still gives that aspect of when you're going to church and you're praying and you're like, I still don't understand. Or like, I don't know what to do. And there's still all this internal turmoil and you're feeling crazy. Let me just tell you, I'll hundred percent be honest. I felt like a psycho. I felt like a, a crazy person when we were going through hell on earth. Like I literally did. I questioned all my thoughts. I was like, I don't really know. I'm so freaking confused. I don't, I'm not all over the place. And then I'm like, okay, but I'm in church and I'm praying and people, I was even in Bible study. And so in the small groups and all of this stuff. And I'm like, wow, you know, I just like, am I not good enough? And then I'm like, well, I just must suck at being a Christian. Cause if, if you know, this is supposed to fix everything. And so if that's you, don't, don't feel like into that. Well, you're just not good enough aspect here. There is actual things that you weren't, are not taught and our church doesn't teach in those aspects. Like our society doesn't teach these. And so don't fall into that, that victim state there. And there is actual things that you can do. Yes. Stay in church and yes, pray. I learned a lot in church. God convicted me, learned how to talk to God, learned a lot, but did that fix everything? No, it didn't. Nope. Got to renew your mind. It also says renew your mind, but people like to just pick one little verse out of the Bible and run with it. No, you got to renew your mind, but that is, it's like, what does that even mean? Right? So we, we go into depth in that on another one. But the thing is like, you have to build all the proper foundations or the tools and tactics and all the stuff that you're wanting to do. Isn't going to work. Like you have to build up our foundations and mindset in all aspects, not just that have the proper frameworks to actually see these mindsets permanently in place. You also have to become a healthy vigil in all aspects of things, not just physical. I, I talk to people daily. I'm like, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm getting fit. I'm, or, you know, I'm starting to lose weight. Great. I'm glad you should take care of your body. That's not going to fix the marriage. That's not fixing you mentally. That's not fixing you emotionally. There's still massive chaos going on in the mental, emotional, and probably leading out into the spiritual. Yes. Fitness is not going to fix your marriage. It's beneficial. I do it. I have a nutritionist I work with. I, I, we have a, very elaborate home gym. Like we're, we're all, we're all about that. But, and and honestly, I was in the best shape of my life. Uh, yet (laughs) I'm getting back there, but it was in the best shape of my life when we, when we were actually going through a hell on earth. Um, we've Mm -hmm. had clients that have been bikini figure competitors and all that stuff that have been through hell on earth, like with this type of stuff. So it's not just about how you look for sure. It's not just how about you look, but anyways, being a healthy individual, emotionally, mentally, physically, yes, of course, but also all other aspects too. So like you need to understand that, but then also being a, a, in your marriage too. So having the proper foundations in all three areas and then the tools will work. However, you have to use the right tools because the tools you've been using, like the stuff we've been describing here is garbage. So you need to have the proper tools, proper resources and experience from, and, and then help from people with actual real experience experts, not internet gurus. 
Like you need actual experienced people that actually know what they're doing here. Don't get Chris Farley to navigate through the jungle with you. No, not at all. Yeah. So anyways, we just want to go ahead and shift your mindset on a lot of those things. Uh, really think about this when it comes to like where you're at and you have to be honest with yourself, honestly. So if you choose to let pride get in the way and you're like, they're wrong, I don't need their help. I don't need no real person experts and success. I don't, I don't need to listen to actual successful people in this stuff. Then, then, well, you're going to get what exactly comes for you. Divorce. It's just what happens. I don't want it for you. She doesn't want it for you either, but that's, what's coming to you. I hate to tell you. So, uh, and a lot of these, I've had people come to us and be like, well, I'm going to go a different route. I'm like, okay, cool. Have a good day. And six months later, I get a message. Uh, the other route didn't work. Um, now she's not wanting to work on it. I could use your help. Well, glad you've implemented the humble factor here, but I don't want life to have to humble you. I'd rather help you two together. Now you can help as individuals too. We do it all the time, but just wanted to say that because it happens all the time. So that being said, we love you. God loves you. And we will see you on the next podcast. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Now that's all we have for today's show. And remember, prayer without action is just dead faith. So make sure to implement everything you learned here today from today's show. By the way, hope you enjoyed this episode on the Marriage 2.0 podcast. And if you did, please make sure you share this episode on your social media and tag at Tommy and Desnica. And if you did enjoy it, make sure to subscribe to the Marriage 2.0 podcast and give us a five-star rating. However, listen, most importantly, so many people are at the end of their ropes, crying themselves to sleep every night. And we can only spread our message and story so far here. So we need you to make sure that you really share the knowledge with others that really need it so that we can impact them. Yes. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So make sure to join our free Facebook group, Christian Marriage Coaching for support, daily content, and free trainings to help you go from roommates to teammates. Have an amazing day and God bless.